0: Her many voices, Her many voices, Her many voices, Her many voices. Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to today's Her Many Voices. Indigenomics. Uh, For those who do not know me, my name is Tammy. I'm going to share my screen right now so that um, you can see what I'm seeing. And um, here we go. Um, Let me... Okay. So are we... Can we see me? Can you see the screen? Um. can I get, yes, that is perfect. So we are on, let me see, there we go. Everyone, good afternoon once again. This is Her Many Voices Foundation, Indigenomics, and my name is Miss Tammy. Uh, We're going to be doing generational wealth today. And for those who may be joining for the very first time, this is, I believe, the ninth session, the ninth series in the 12th week. I might be miscalculating. I think it's actually 11 weeks, but um, this is about the ninth session and uh, we have all the others up and loaded for you to review at your leisure so that you can be up to date with what we're doing today. And for those who are coming back on the regular, welcome back. Okay. We're going to be talking about what this is all about creating generational wealth for our family and for generations to come. And what we've done since we've started is lead up to this point with what you're going to need to know, the basic information you're going to need to know to be able to achieve that. Okay. And uh, as you see, we have one individual, put yourself in that spot. And uh, our goal is to connect ourselves To wealth, okay. And uh, you don't need to be astronomically wealthy. We're not trying to become billionaires unless it's in the cards, right? But you do want to create some wealth so that you can have some options available to you because life happens. And the more options you have, the better the right is going to be. So we're going to dive right in. And always, I always like to review a little bit about. Uh, a little bit on what we've already done so that we can see why we're talking about generational wealth today. We called, we started with the basic rules of the game. We talked about um, the four cornerstones of financial, uh, of a financial vehicle. We talked about the proper way to build a financial future. Uh, we talked about the three ways money grow, the three ways money get taxed, we talked about the time value of money, how important it is to start as early as possible. We talked about rule 72. How do you calculate how quickly will your money double based on the instrument, based on the vehicle, the account that you decide to put your money in, correct? So we did all of that. And we, we've, and we also recapped on the basic laws that is going to help you through this journey. And that those were the laws of the universe. And today we're going to focus again on a few of those laws. Okay. We talked about seven basic laws. There are many more, but the ones that we wanted you to focus on were seven of them. And today we're going to be looking at three kind of up close and personal. The laws are uh, the law of gestation, the law of transmutation, and the law of um, relativity. Right, these laws are going to be working with you along this journey. I mean, they're always with you, that's why it's important that you master them, okay? Every single day of your life. We talked about the seven laws. Please go back and review what what, what I've said about them, Google them, learn it on your own, but learn to master them because that's how you're going to master your life. And in this game, the money game you definitely need to understand the law of vibration, the law of gestation, the law of transmutation, the law of rhythm, the law of cause and effect, right? So now we're going to go further and we're going to start looking at um, the next. I just want to make sure that um, everything is set to go. It is. All right, let's begin. What are we going to look at today? Well, the human life value score. How many of you know of this score? Not many, I'm sure. Okay. How many of you know the credit score? Everybody raised their hands for that one. Well, the human life value score is based on your value. We all have one. Okay. From the moment we are born, we have a specific value and we may think we're worth millions and we are, but In an economy where things is about numbers and value and what's the worth, there are ways to calculate that value. And so the human life value score is calculated mainly through your income, annual income, and your health, your age. Those are two variables that comes into play when you need to calculate the human life value score. Similarly, just like you really don't know all the different things that goes into calculating your credit score, all you know is Make those payments on time. Stay within a certain ratio of your maximum amount versus how much you are actually charging. You know some basic rules, right? But you don't know all of them that gets your score up or down. Well, same thing here. You don't need to know every variable that is being used to calculate your human life value score. But just know the main two is how much are you earning annually and uh, how old you are okay? And, uh, and as an example, and you might remember the four cornerstones. This is one of the things we discussed some sessions ago, the four cornerstones that any savings investment vehicle needs to have. It needs to have a protection cornerstone. It needs to have a growth cornerstone, a safety, and a tax advantage, okay? Those are basic facts, rules to the game. Now, what did we say also? That the first the first thing that all of us need to do is protect our value protect this human life value okay cuz the second we're born we have one so how what do we do to protect it well there are certain vehicles that we have to use and how much do we protect do we protect 200,000 do we protect a million do we protect 2 million It varies for all of us, you know, so we can't say one size fit all. it depends on, again, your annual income and certain key factors. So in this example, I want you to look at we have two clients. OK, you can see them as a couple or you can see them as individuals. But this is an idea on how you begin to protect that human life value. OK, what number do you put on yourself? Well, you're going to take everything into account. Okay. And I've already put some numbers up. So you have an idea. This is just an idea. You could, you could fill it in using your own numbers to get the gist of what we're about to learn. Okay. Now, uh, some of you have seen this, the dime method, right? How do you calculate your, 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 worth? How do you calculate, you know, how much debt you have? How do you do all of those things? Well, the dime method stands for debt, Income, mortgage, and education—these four things are usually basic for all of us, okay? In one way or another, and it should be right because we should all own uh, some sort of property so that we have a mortgage. Because it's about building wealth, and there's only certain so- certain things that's going to help us build wealth in this country. Wishing upon it is not going to happen. We have to make we have to take some actions, right? So, uh, so let's look at client number one. Client number one has a fifty thousand dollar debt now he has student loans he may very well be let's say just starting out a lawyer of some sort right maybe the student loans and that would be pretty generous right for a student loan for a law, for a law student but let's go with it right um Whatever, whatever he does, whatever he is uh, doing, he's, he has about $50,000 worth of debt. He has a car loan. He has student loans. He has credit card bills, okay? You add them all up, it comes to $50,000. Now, his wife or a completely other stranger also has similar accounts, similar bills. She has her own little car, okay? She has her own student loan, and she has her own credit cards. But for her, they only add up to $25,000. The income for him is 150. The income for her is 50,000. Um, he owns, and again, they, they could be a couple or they could be two separate individuals. I've put it this way so that you can see them as separate, right? Everybody has their own burden to shoulder. It's not, you know, we like to help the support of others, but we own our own with a lot of this stuff, right? So the mortgage, he has a $380,000 uh, portion of the mortgage. The home they both live in together is approximately a $600 home. So they split it. She has $190,000 of it, it is her responsibility. Uh, that's the arrangement that they, the couple have made between them, right? Uh, or it could be, again, two separate individuals do not have any connections. One has a $190,000 home. The other one has a $380,000 home. You could look at it that way. Okay. Now education today is pretty basic for a lot of us, uh, depending on where we want to go. You want to go to a good four-year college. You might be looking at paying across approximately $120,000 a year uh, for the four years, right? Which will be about $30,000 a year. Good luck if that's still the cost of education today for a reputable, for accredited, you know, university. But Let's let let's make it fair and be a little bit conservative, and, uh, and put 120,000 as education that they need to worry about. Their kids are young, but they know by the time they get to college, um, their college years, this is the amount they both got, they're going to need for their kids. Okay, per child. Okay, this is a one. Uh, this is per child, right? 120,000. So we add it all up. Okay, client number one's total. Responsibilities is seven hundred thousand dollars, okay, um, and now the the woman's responsibility is three hundred and eighty five thousand dollars. So this is where you begin. You begin by listing your debts, listing your income, in, include your mortgage. If you have to worry about paying for an education, you 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 include that as well. And now you come down to whatever is the total you need to protect so that your family's lives, their future continues if something were to happen to you. Okay, so now, and remember, we talked about something else also, the X-curve concept, where you are on a journey to create the wealth and diminish your responsibility. And this is where you can do that. This is how you can see doing it. And so you need to make sure you're making moves that are constantly growing your wealth and diminishing your responsibility. And to do that, you need some vehicles to help you. You can't do it alone. All right. So this is just to give you an idea how to begin to calculate what you need to protect based on your human life value score. Now, if we were just looking at the human life value score for this, for these two clients, client number one earning $150,000 we talked about this last week there's a formula the 1020 formula okay if you're looking to protect your income the general rule is to multiply your income by 10 okay so in his case $150,000 multiplied by 10 brings us to 1.5 million so in reality a person making $150,000 need to protect his income worth approximately $1.5 million. Because if something were to happen to you at this very moment and you have minor kids or whatever the responsibilities are, you're hoping to leave enough income for the next 10 years so that folks can get on their feet, okay? Uh, or don't have to disrupt their livelihoods too much. Okay. Even though it may not take 10 years for them to get back on their feet, but you want them to continue to have the life that you imagined for them, that you wanted them to have. So in his case, he's going to need a $1.5 million policy to protect him. Okay. From any unexpected things that life can op, can can throw at him. In her case with $50,000, you multiply that by ten. That's five hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So in his case, he will need a one point five million dollar policy. In hers, she will need a five hundred thousand dollar policy. More than what their total debts, income, education, mortgage—more than what each of them will have to birth will have to shoulder—so that the responsibilities can be, you know, taken care of, and there will always be money left over to just have some cushion as you go on with life, right? So this is what I want you to get out of this particular slide, how to create that, that number to, to really understand how much you need to protect. Okay, so now that we know that one is $1.5 million, the other is $500,000 based on their numbers, we're going to start looking at where do you put that? Where do you begin? How do you choose? Okay, which vehicle are you going to put your money in to get that? Now, if you recalled, we talked about three institutions, okay, that you can put your money in. Okay, somebody can name them off the top of their head. That's great. You know it. It's the bank, it's the uh, investment firms, and it is the insurance companies. These three institutions is where you have to put your money. And you recalled, we talked about their objectives. They all have the same objective, okay, get you to use them instead of the other. Keep keep getting you to deposit money into their institutions, right? Find a way to limit your access to your own money. And when it's time to give it back to you, I'm going to give it back to you as slowly and as little as possible. That's their objective, all three of them, okay? And if you look here, you will find that we have all three institutions on this very chart, okay? Again, you're trying to decide which vehicle, which instrument am I going to use to put money in, for my long-term future, for the unexpected, or for the education costs coming up ahead. And you have to look at three phases when you're doing that. You got to ask yourself, in doing this, there are three phases that I have to take into consideration. The first phase is the contribution phase. Okay, you have to decide how much are you willing, are you able to contribute regularly in one of these accounts to get to your end goal. Okay, so that's the contribution of phase. The second phase is you gotta make sure where you put that money in the accumulation phase, the money is growing. This is where the law of gestation and the law of transmutation comes in. You gotta give it time, okay, to do what it's going to do. It's gonna come out completely different in terms of how much more wealth you're going to have at the other end. But it needs to do that. It needs to create that. And you need to give it time to do that. So the accumulation phase is very important because you need to make sure it's growing enough to stay ahead of inflation. It's growing enough that whatever the tax bracket you find yourself in, you're going to be able to pay that and still have some money left over. Okay, a lot of us do that. The opposite, we end up putting too much money in these vehicles that we have to pay tax later when it's time to take money out, and it doesn't leave us a lot of money to 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 have our retirement. So, uh, the accumulation phase is the second one, and it's a very important one. In the last phase, is the distribution phase. Okay, how am I going to receive my money when the time comes? Okay, how much taxes am I going to pay with that? when the time comes, those are your, that's the, that's what you need to learn. That's what you need to figure out. Those are the decisions you need to do. You need to make as team captain, as the quarterback, who's responsible for ultimately these decisions. Okay. So we see here, we have some mutual funds, some very valuable annuities. Okay. These are mostly the investments. These are annuities actually belongs in the insurance industry. Those are insurance products. If you didn't know, that's exactly what an annuity is. An annuity is the opposite of life insurance. It's the other side of the coin. Life insurance is if you die too soon. Annuity is if you live too long. But they come out of the industry. They come out of the institution, the the insurance company. Okay, you're not going to find an annuity out of the banks. The banks may offer it, but they have to tap into the insurance companies to get that product because they don't have that okay? So these products up here shows some of the investment uh, accounts that you have access to. And the green arrow for all three shows that there's a lot of growth with these products, a lot of growth. But the red arrow, and we touched on this before, this is not the first time I hope some of you are looking, seeing this. The, 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 The red arrow shows how much loss your potentially can sustain because there are, there's no protection in investment vehicles, just the potential to grow your money. But there's no protection from loss. OK, with its investments. Now, they've learned to figure out ways to protect you somewhat from certain loss and that exists. But for the most, the rules are if you're investing money and you're going for growth, you're giving up something in that safety. And that's what these two are. these three are showing you. Now, you have certificates of deposit. Those belong in the banks, money markets, savings accounts, saving bonds. Those are all bank features, right? And then again, like I mentioned, the fixed annuities, the fixed index annuities. Anytime you see annuities, you know you're dealing with the uh, insurance companies, okay? So yeah, and there's several other products that you can decide to put your money in. Okay. Uh, This is the main ones, the ones that a lot of people know. And how do you determine which one to do? Like this one on the side here, he's figuring out which way do I go? Where do I put my money? OK, and how do you make that decision? By understanding the rules of the game, figuring out the rhythm, OK, figuring out the rhythm of how money works. And for you to do that, you have to know those rules, the one we just cited, like rule 72, the four, the four cornerstones of money. Those are basic rules. OK, and that's how you start figuring out uh, which ones do I use. Yeah, and when we are here, when we come, when we bring this to you, to the indigenomics, to the Hermany Voices community, is hoping to, we're hoping that we facilitate, we bring it to you in a way that will help you make these decisions on your own without still feeling lost at am I doing the right thing? Because now you have some knowledge to, 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 to review. To make these decisions okay and, and this is what this is going to be about we are going to show you how you can do this okay using one particular product to get you to that end goal to practically put do everything that we wanted to do we wanted to protect we wanted to grow we want to we wanted to have safety and we wanted to make sure that we're not going to get taxed when it's time to withdraw the money okay we want to make sure also that there are no 59 and a half rules attached to it. We want to make sure there are no 70 and a half rules attached to it. Do you remember these rules? These rules are what you will find in your qualified plans, like your 401k, your pension, your annuities. They have these 59 and a half rule and 70 and a half rules. You need to know what they are. Review this the, the previous session so that you can, you can be up on them, right? So you need to know all of these things. Right. So now we're going to move forward and we're going to look at some of these products that you can have access to. Okay. so here we are. The human life value score. What did I tell you? That uh, the protection, the human life value score is found in insurance products. Okay. which is why you have the term life at the end of these products. Term life, whole life, universal life. The word life tells you that it's an insurance product. Okay, and the human life value score has to take into account your health. Okay, it takes into account family, it takes into account career, it takes into account a few things. But I remembered I told you the two main things you got to remember is your income and your age, which kind of translates to your health as well. But your income and your age are the two factors that will determine your human life value score. And once you've done that, once you've figured out what that is, okay, you need to figure out which vehicle you're going to use. And the reason we're talking about the life uh, vehicles is because they have a lot of benefits, as you can see right here. There are three types. Okay, life insurance falls under three different categories. It falls either on term life, whole life, or universal life. And we have discussed what each offer and the benefits, the disadvantages, and so on and so forth. But right here in a short summary uh, form, uh, format, you can see exactly what does what. Okay. For instance, the death benefit. They all three offers that, offer that, right? That's what life insurance is. If something goes wrong and I die too soon, my family is protected. They will continue to receive my income depending on did i do it for 10 years or 20 years they will determine that will be determined based on the policy that you got right so death benefit is check for all three the cheapest one the most inexpensive one out of the three is the term life which is why we see that all day long being advertised on tv You know, uh, we get all this junk mail about how you can get very inexpensive life insurance for just $10 a month. You can protect your family for a million dollars, 500,000, you know, you name it. That's because it's extremely economical, okay? Because most people outlive their term policies, okay? Which means you're not going to get paid. No one gets paid. It has expired on you before the time comes, which is good because you're betting on yourself if you take a term life policy and you stay on it for long term because there's a good chance it's going to expire before you die, leaving you and your family with absolutely nothing. The other two, kind of expensive, uh, a little bit more expensive than the, than the term. It's between the two, the whole life is the most expensive out of these two. Okay, uh, Term life is the least expensive, whole life is the most expensive. Okay. Access to cash value. Well, one of the reasons the term life is inexpensive, there's no cash in it. So you cannot borrow from it. Okay. But you can access cash in these two. So check. Perfect. That's what we want. A place where we can access our money before we're 59 and a half and all those things, right? Guaranteed minimum interest. If there's no cash in the vehicle, there's no need for minimum interest. So the term life does not offer that. Whole life does. So does the universal life. Tax-free benefit, again, all three offer that, which is the basic uh, need for life insurance is for the death benefit. So they all three have that. Now, tax-deferred growth, no no money in the term, so no tax growth here, no, no money growing here. But in these two, it's the same thing. They both offer that. But look at here. When it comes to flexible premium payments, the only one that offers that is the universal life. Okay. So again, you decide which one you want. These are the the features. How many do they all have? You check them. If they meet your needs, those are your options. Okay. But we're going to show you how you can use one of them to actually grow wealth, generational wealth. Okay. And we're going to take examples of uh, four examples I'm going to share with you. Two of them are going to be males. two of them are going to be females. Okay. They all are going to try to put money away to leave a million dollar inheritance. Okay. Starting slow, just a million dollars. I mean, you can make the math work for you and say, I want to leave 5 million. I want to leave 10 million. You can do that, but to make things simple, we're going to do $1 million. And in one of the previous sessions, we talked about something like that when we were looking at how money grows and how kind of, what kind of interest you get. There was an example where we talked about if you wanted to leave a million dollar uh, policy or inheritance, you can put $13,000 in a vehicle at, at birth and let the money grow, provided you have the right interest and it can produce a million dollars. We gave you another example I have it here where uh, we set aside uh, 2500 at birth, and we contributed about $250 a month for four years, okay? So you can outright leave a million dollars, okay, uh, if you have that as an inhabitant. You can start by putting $13,000 away at the birth of your son or daughter and let that do what it's going to do and grow to be a million, or you can... Put in 2500 dollars in an account, continue to fund it with $250 a month for just four years. So by the time he or she is four years old, you've, you're done. You let it do what it's due. The law of gestation and the law of transmutation is gonna go at work with the interest, all right? The compound interest. Remember, you gotta look at the you gotta look for the high interest to be able to make your money double. But Those are some ways you can leave a million dollars behind. But most of us don't have any of that. We don't have $13,000 to put. We don't have $2,500 to put down in one shot and then continue to fund it with 250. We do not have any of those things at our leisure. So what do we do? Well, we got to use one of these vehicles, the human life uh, value uh, of term life, whole life or universal life. And now we're going to talk about exactly what that looks like. And before I really go in, we got to look at this one. Okay. When solving life financial puzzle, make sure you and your savings are protected in case you become seriously ill. Okay. The name of the game is protection. You must protect yourself. That is the foundation that you are standing on. Okay. Anything can go wrong. So you need to figure out what will happen if who will be, who? where will the money come from if in fact something happens to you? How will I cover medical and living expenses if I become seriously ill? We all know one day will come that we will die. It's, it will always be too soon when that comes, but that day is inevitable. No way, no way no how. Now, are we sure we might live too long? We don't know that, okay? But we have to be prepared just in case we do live too long. Are we sure we may become ill? We don't know that. There's a good chance we will not. We may not become ill. Okay. So there are two features here that is not a guarantee, but you need to be protected from it in case that's the situation you find yourself in. In case you find yourself living too long, or in case you find yourself injured, or develop being diagnosed with an illness, you need to figure out what will happen to my living expense if that happens. Okay. And the reason that part this feature is the most important one is look at these numbers we discussed them before a stroke occurs every 40 seconds in the US which means that by the end of this hour when we are when we conclude this session about um, 90 90 90 folks would have had a stroke in that short hour and if we look at a 24 hour time span, about a 1, thousand, a thousand and eighty, to be exact, would have sustained a stroke. It could be mild, it could be moderate, it could be severe, We do not know. But these numbers are correct. A stroke occurs every 40 seconds in the US, okay? Ninety by the end of this this session would have had a stroke. And so and then you see the rest of the numbers. Six and ten Americans will be diagnosed with a chronic disease or will live with at least one chronic disease. And then there are 38.4% will develop cancer. And the number one reason households fight for bankruptcy is due to medical debt. So we have to take care of the three puzzles that we are faced with. So that's one. Now, you know the rules. You know the goal. You know what to do. You got to start with protection, okay? And here is the first example that I want to share with you. The first example is the million-dollar baby. Okay. Now, the million dollar baby, you know, he's so adorable, right? We all, they are having them every day. I think we named like 250 babies are being born almost on a daily basis, right? So um, here's one the parents want to create an income stream for this child way before he needs it. Okay. But this is what they want to do. They want to put money away and they're going to use out of the three institutions. They want to use the life insurance institution. Why? Because of the benefits, the tax advantage, the protection. If you recall the three diagrams, the Venn diagram and where the the 7702 sat, where it was that 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 sweet spot and what it offered. Okay, It offered everything based on the growth protection, safety, and tax advantage, right? So this is the example, and this is how we start building generational wealth. He is a young boy. He's barely one years old. I, I, I have him here as zero. He doesn't even have, he's not even a week old, okay? How much is it going to cost his father, his mother, to put away a retirement for his education? That's the purpose of this, so that he has some money as he gets older. He starts with putting a $100,000 policy. When it comes to kids, how do you determine their human life value when they're not working, they don't have an income? Well, it's based on a percentage of the parent's income, on the parent's life insurance policy. So if the parent have a million dollar policy, sometimes depending on the state, you may have To uh, the most they will allow you to open for a child is maybe fifty percent of the one you have. So in some states it might be five hundred thousand. In other states it might it might be a quarter of uh, um, a quarter of a session. So we do not know exactly how this is going to go. All right, but in his case we're putting a hundred thousand dollar policy because that is the minimum that you can open for a child. There are no term policies available for children. When it comes to kids, it has to be a life a permanent policy, no term policies. It could be a whole life, it could be a universal life, but no term. So $100,000 is where we're starting. So what happens? The first one is it's gonna cost, the contribution amount is gonna be $28.90, doable for any new parent right? To put money away towards the child's education. What does it give them? Well, the three cornerstones, right? They'll die too soon. If in fact, God forbid, a newborn passes away within days or weeks of obtaining one of these policies, this is the amount that his family will be given. That's the death benefit. Remember, they all have a death benefit. That's the death benefit. And let me say this as well. The examples that I'm going to share with you, they all have certain things in common. For instance, we're going to be saving for exactly 40 years, okay, for zero. We're going to be putting contributing money into an account for 40 years. That's the first uh, general rule, except for the very last one, the fourth example that I'm going to share with you. And I'm going to explain to you why that one cannot afford to do for 40 years, okay? But for most, it's going to be 40 years. You're going to see the cash. They're all going to start taking money out. Distribution is going to begin at age 69. So some of these stuff is going to be the same for all four examples that I'm going to share with you. The amount, it's going to be somewhat similar and how much is going to be contributed will be dependent on the actual person. So in his case, $28.90 for 40 years. So that means by the time he's 40, His parents do not need to continue to contribute to this policy. And typically, by the time the child becomes of age, like a young adult, what parents like to do is they now turn over the responsibility of that policy to their child, provided that they're responsible enough. That's your decision as a parent. If you want to do that or not. You don't have to necessarily turn it over to the child, but he can begin to be responsible for the $28.90 that needs to go in on a regular basis every month. Why is that? We need to develop that habit of savings, okay? So that would be a great way to start, to pass that over to them, right? So, and at 69 years old, they will be withdrawing an income because Most likely it will not be 69, but since the rules still say that 69 is gonna be kind of like the retirement age, it's between 67 and and, and change. So it's almost, you know, we can all bet on what it's going to be as you get older, but 69 is a good good age to begin withdrawing from your uh, account. So all of these is gonna show you that, all right? So now if you can see, clearly what I, if i need cash at age 69 this young man will be able to withdraw $7,639 a month okay for the next for the rest of his life for as long as he lives so that's what this example right here shows you and if he begins to take money out at a later time whether it's 73 maybe he doesn't want to start collecting Money at 69. Maybe he wants to collect at 73. Maybe he wants to start collecting at 78. 78 is going to be like the new 50, right? When we when we finally get up there. People in their 78 is going to feel like they still got a lot of life. We have we feel like we have a lot of life today. So it's almost a given that most people are going to wait later and later to start collecting on their retirement plans. So if that's the case. He has even more money that he's going to be able to withdraw on a on, on, on a monthly basis. And so that's this is what this shows you. However late, however long he chooses to keep the money sitting in these accounts before withdrawing it, will show you exactly what that money is going to look like. Okay. And here, the becoming ill. If at age 69, we had to pick an age. So 69 is a good age to start saying we're going to start retirement. It's a good age to start thinking that if you're going to be ill, it may may begin around that age, okay? That's not the hope, but we had to start somewhere. So that's why the age 69 is there. I could have chosen to put any age there. What will happen if he is diagnosed with a terminal illness at age 50, okay? I could have put that number in there. It would have changed these numbers because these numbers are based on age 69, but we have it at eight sixty nine. So if he's terminally ill, from de- from putting in twenty eight dollars and ninety cents to start with, he can get up to one point three million dollars lump sum. If it's chronically ill, he can withdraw twenty six thousand dollars per month. Okay, until he gets back on his feet. Because chronic illness just simply means you may need some assistance, but you can still do for yourself. Okay. And critical illness, if he's diagnosed with a critical illness, a heart attack, a stroke, he can get 932000 That goes both for critical injury and critical illness. This is a summary of what this policy can offer him, what this account can give him. But on the right-hand side, I'm going to show you how, what happens when you use a life insurance policy to the utmost, okay, because he has several features that you can use to your benefit if you use it properly. The first thing you need to know is that the twenty-eight ninety is what is needed for the policy. But the beauty about these type of accounts is that it's flexible. The premiums are flexible. Remember, that's one of the things that we checked. The premiums are flexible, so you can end up adding more money into this account than twenty-eight ninety. Okay, and what is that amount? Well. Because it's a $100,000 policy, there is a specific maximum amount that can be contributed to this account on a monthly basis. And that's what you see here. Max funding is $145. What does that mean? You can put in $28,90 and the insurance company is going to be comfortable with that. They're not not going to have a problem with it, but they're telling you that you can put in as much as $145 a month. So anywhere between twenty eight dollars dollars and 90 cents to $145 a month is your decision to make. And to be honest, this is not even the minimum amount that the policy needs. There's a number that's even less than that, that it would take. But, you know, just so you know how the premium, flexible premiums work, it goes both ways. It could be less than what they want or more. Okay. But to use it to benefit from what it can do, you have to max fund it. Okay. Okay. It's like that 401k. What's the max funding of a 401k? Nineteen thousand five hundred dollars a year. And if you can afford to max fund your 401k, by all means, do that. Okay, if you can afford to do that. But in this case, it's one hundred and forty-five dollars a month. Now, what happens with that one forty-five a month? Okay, and that's how I ran this example. Although it's twenty-eight ninety, I ran it that. It, he's depositing or his parents or depositing 145 a month religiously. Okay. So by the age of 10, because there is cash value in this account, by the age of 10, he has $19,000 in change that he can access. Okay. His parents, of course, at age 40, continuing to deposit $145 a month, he has age, he has 241,000 by age 40. Now, by that age, he has his own kid, possibly going to college, okay? And at that point, he has this amount of money that he can borrow from to pay for the child's education, tax-free, okay? And this money will not affect social security, and not social security, financial aid, as we talked about last time. So you have an idea what this money is starting to look like as he contributes $145 a month. One year goes down, two years go down, 10 years go down, 40 years go down. And if you remember what I said, we're gonna stop contributing to this account after 40 years. So that means at age 40, there are no more $145 monthly payments to be made or contributions to be made, right? No more, that's it, that's the end. So now that's the end. How much death benefit does he have at that point? Remember, this is a life insurance policy. If something were to happen to him, how much does his family get? Okay, by now he has his own family. He's 40 years old. He has probably young kids already. Or he should, maybe not, but that's a pretty good guess. So he has that. 40,000, uh, uh, 40 years old. He has $241,798. How much did he put into this account to get to 248, 241,000? He put in a total of 600 of 68,206 dollars. That's the total amount of his contribution for the 40 years, beginning with $28.90 and moving on to max funding it to $145 monthly for 40 years. When you do the math, it equals to $68,000 in total that he put into the account. How much he has access to at that point? $241,000. Some great interest. How much is the death benefit if something were to happen to him at that age? $604,000 and 496. He started off with $100,000, it grew to be $604,000. So it does not stay static. That death benefit grows with him, okay? But that's at 40. But let's say nothing goes wrong. His children are excellent students, they get scholarships everything thrown at them. Dad and mom doesn't need to borrow money from their account to pay for education. Everything is nice. They don't even need to borrow a penny from this account the whole time they have it. Can they borrow from it? Absolutely. But life is good. Their their careers are are taking off. They're just saving money in this account. They're not borrowing from it. But at age 69, when he's going to be ready for retirement, That was the purpose that his parents opened this to give him a head start in building his retirement plan. Okay. Some parents are doing this today. Don't sleep on that. People are doing this for their kids right now, beginning their retirement plans for them. So at age 69, okay, he stopped contributing for at age 40. So for the next 29 years, the money is just doing its thing. It's doubling. It's growing. It's, you know, the interest rate is compounding. But at age 69, when he's ready to take money out, what does he have access to? Okay. Remember contribution, accumulation, finally distribution. Well, at distribution at age 69, million dollar baby has $91,667 a year that he could borrow, he could take as retirement for the rest of his life, okay? Whether he lives to age 90, he will receive $91,000 and plus a year for up until age 90. Whether it happens to age 100, he will continue to get $91,000 a year to supplement his retirement, okay? And it's tax-free, because remember, that's one of the benefits of the life insurance policies, the money inside of them are tax-free. So let's say he does this from age 69 to age 100, okay? By age 100, he's collecting, and this is when he passes away. If he did that from age 69 to age 100, he would have collected $2.8 million tax-free retirement income for those 31 years, okay? That's how much money he gets for just contributing $68,000 early, okay? Because money, nothing makes money like money makes money, but money needs time to make money. So in his example, he can have this amount of money coming to him in in his retirement, adding up to be over $2 million, almost $3 million in retirement income, when he only contributed $68,000. Okay. Now the next thing is, remember, this is generational wealth. How do you create generational wealth? How do you do that? This is one way. Now imagine he doesn't need to take this income out at age 69. He became a successful businessman. He has other things bringing him money. And he's like, you know, this account is doing well, I don't have to touch it. There's no minimum requirement distribution. Uh, there's none of those things making forcing me to start taking money out, and I don't need it because I have other things working for me, so let it sit. And if he does that and he passes away at age 100, that $68,000 that he contributed would have turned into $5.5 million as a legacy to live to leave behind to his family. Okay? He started with $28 a month. The most he put in was $145 a month. And he did that. His parents started it off for him and passed on the baton when he became an adult and he understood savings. They said, now you are now responsible for your $145 a month savings into this account. He does this religiously till he's age 40. And what he has left with, is $5.5 million to his family if in fact he does not use it, any of it, and he just let it grow. That's what it's gonna grow to be, okay? So that's one example of using this particular kind of policy to build generational wealth, okay? Now this is the million dollar baby, barely a couple of weeks old. Let's move on to the next example, which is the 18 year old warrior, Okay. Now this is the 18 year old. All right. Now we know a lot of 18 year olds are not really savvy about money when it comes to savings, but you know, he's been seeing his parents doing this stuff. He saw at the age of 10, he was able to go into an account that was set up for him and pull out $5,000 because he wants some of the latest, who knows what. Okay. But he gets it. He understands the value of putting this money away early. So at the age of 18, He now wants to open his own account. This account is already open. He can continue to contribute $145 into it, or he wants to, oh, we have a brand new child, right? Brand new kid, 18 years old. He has some understanding of putting money away and he wants to do the same exact thing. And his goal is to make sure he leaves behind a million dollar inheritance, okay? Where does he begin? Well, in his case, his policy is going to be starting at two hundred and fifty thousand dollars again it's based on well at eighteen years old he's a young adult so he can decide to have whatever the income he's earning says he could have okay and in this case two hundred and fifty is really something like uh if you're making twenty five thousand dollars uh a year you can open a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar policy which for kids that may be a you know, a decent amount of income for them, right? They may be able to get that. You know, in today's time, they're not making much, but $28,000 for the year is doable, right? So, I mean, $25,000 for the year is doable. How much would that cost them? What's the contribution limit that he, what's the contribution amount that can he put into this? The company wants to him to put $108.54 into it. Is that doable for an 18-year-old? It can be. it should be. As a matter of fact, it has to be because this is his paying himself first. He's learning to pay himself one hundred and eight dollars while he's still living at home before he has before he begins to really, you know, bring on the debts, bring on the credit cards, bring on the spending. He's learning above all, to pay himself first by giving himself $108.54 monthly. But he doesn't put it under the mattress. He doesn't put it in a CD. That's not gonna give him any growth. He decides to put, him, to put it in an IUL because of the benefits we described right? $108.54 is what he needs. Again, something happens to him. This is what his family will get, the death benefit. At that age, he probably doesn't have his, his own family. outside. I mean, his children, he's probably not married, but he has mothers. He might have siblings. He might have nephews that they can all benefit from leaving behind $250,000. And at age 69, if he continues to do what we set out to do, he can begin to withdraw at age 69, $10,000 a month as income for the rest of his life. And if he is diagnosed with an illness at age 69, here are the numbers again. Depending on the illness, this is what he gets. This is the payout. This is the benefit of having a policy that does more than one thing, okay? So those are the basics. But now let's switch over to see what can he really have For him, okay, in terms of money he can access for his retirement when the time comes, okay. Max funding every policy, every account that you have. Some of them has no limit as to how much money you can put in. A lot of them have limit, have contribution limits, okay. In this particular example, for two hundred and fifty thousand dollar policy for a young male, he can put as much as $563 a month, as little as $108 a month, as high as $563 a month. But to make this work for him, the way we want this to work, to grow your wealth, you must max fund it. He doesn't have to put all the way, he doesn't have to put 563. He can decide to put $300 into the account, 350, 320, doesn't matter. But I want to show you what it can look like if he decides to put the maximum. $563 a month away. Again, look at it as paying yourself first. If he decides to get an apartment, depending on where he lives, that could be the, the rent. Okay. So before he starts giving somebody else his rent money, he needs to begin to give it to himself as a payment. And that will be what he will be be doing if he decides to max fund this. $563 a month for the next 40 years. Remember that. That's how long he's going to do it. So if he's he's 18 now, he's going to do it till he's 57. Age 57 will be exactly 40 years. Okay. At age 28 though, after 10 years after he opened this policy, he has $78,557 to access, okay? He needs to borrow some money at age 28, maybe to buy his first car, maybe to uh, put down a deposit on, on, on something. He has $78,000 he can borrow for. okay? That's at age 28. But let's say he doesn't need to borrow anything, so he lets it sit, continues to grow at age 57, okay? 40 years later, all right, he finds not 40 years, 30, 40, 50. Almost 30 years later, he has $917,000 that he can borrow from. Age 57, to be able to access $917 is a wonderful thing. And everything in this policy is tax free. Okay. And anything in between, he can access at 29, at 32, at 45. Doesn't matter. He has access to this money at all. Times okay, and what is the amount in total? Does five hundred and sixty-three a month for practice for approximately forty years add up to two hundred and sixty-four thousand seven hundred and eighty-six dollars and fifty cents? Two hundred and sixty-four thousand seven hundred and eighty-six dollars and fifty cents. That's what five hundred and sixty-three times forty practically months. 40 years add up to, right, um, per, per year, 563 per month, adds up to 264,786. 786. How much does the death benefit he has at that point, if something were to happen to him at that point, at age 57, where he passes away too soon, his family will get $1.3 million. He started at 250. He now has $1.3 million. Okay. And all he put in was 264000 That's double, that tripled, that almost quadrupled what he put in. Okay. So he's definitely growing his money. The accumulation phase is lovely with this account. All right. So now, but okay, those are the things he has access to. And here comes the distribution at age 69. He's like, okay, I stopped contributing to this account when I was 57. Now I'm 69. I need to start taking money out for my retirement. What much does he have access to? $127,582. Okay. 127,582. Two years of collecting this, going on three, he would have collected exactly what he put in. Okay. 127 times three takes you way over $264,000, which is what his contribution was to this account. Okay, age sixty nine for the rest of his life. But I wanted to show you what it looks like if his the rest of his life was up to age one hundred. If he dies at age one hundred, when he began to collect one hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars at age sixty nine, the total he would have collected is three point nine million dollars in retirement income. Again, tax free income. Not a penny will go to Uncle Sam. This is not a 401k. This is not an IRA. This is not a 403b. It is not an annuity. It is none of these accounts that are growing tax deferred. But when it's time to take money out, you have to pay Uncle Sam. This is one that you do not pay Uncle Sam anything. All of this comes to you. Now, that's what he has access to. But then Let's say he, he also has a successful career where none of this he needed to borrow. He didn't need to borrow anything when he was age 28. He didn't need to borrow anything when he was age 60. He didn't need to start collecting retirement income from this account. Other assets were working for him. He simply let this money sit and grow. What happens at age 100 when he passes away and he wasn't collecting anything? That money grew to seven percent Seven million seven hundred eighty-nine thousand five hundred thirteen. He started off with one hundred and eight dollars a month. At some point, he started funded, max funded at five sixty-three a month, and he continued to do that. And if he did that by the age one hundred, he will be leaving to his family seven point seven million dollars. Okay, so that's his example. This is the million dollar warrior. That's what he wants to do for his family. Now, we've just discussed the two males. Let's look at the two females to come bring this to an end. These are are the million-dollar princesses, okay? This is max funding, $574. She starts at $116, and she ends at $574. She also has a $250,000 policy. At $869, she can get $7,035 a month to come to her, you know, for the rest of her life. And she's becomes ill. Here are some of the benefits that comes to her terminally ill to critically ill. But she wants to fund it the same way as everyone else. Max funded five hundred and seventy four dollars. At age thirty five, she has access to eighty one thousand dollars. At age sixty four, she has access to nine hundred and twenty nine thousand plus. The death benefit at that point is $1.1 million, and the most she put into the account is $270,000 to get $1.1 million if something were to happen to her at that point, at her age, her tender age of 64. And the distribution will begin five years later at age 69, and she can begin to withdraw $84,000 in 419 dollars for the rest of her life. But again, we're doing it to age 100. How much does that equal? $2.6 million that she will be living off of retirement. And if she doesn't touch it at all, the legacy that she leaves behind is $5.1 million, okay? This is how this policy works. And finally, we look at the million dollar queen. Now this is someone who waited late to start growing their money. At age 49, they started, okay? They didn't take advantage when they were young. They didn't, their parents didn't start one for them. They started theirs at age 49 because they thought they could do it. They didn't need to start early, so on and so forth. So this is what it is. The minimum that she can put in for a $250,000 policy is 377, a whole lot more than the other two examples, Okay, 200. And in this case, she's not going to save for 40 years because she's not going to her retirement. is going to start in 20 years. She's going to start pulling money out in 20 years, not in 40 years. So she's only going to be doing this for 20 years. Okay, so there we go. The max funding is one thousand two hundred and twenty five a month. That's how much maximized funding she can put in there. She starts at three seventy seven. The maximum is one thousand two twenty five. At age fifty nine, she has one hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars to borrow from. Okay, at age sixty eight, just before retirement begins, she has four hundred uh, and forty thousand dollars and ninety two cents, and ninety two dollars four hundred and forty thousand and ninety two dollars at age sixty eight. That is also the same death benefit that she has. The total she put into this policy to get to four hundred and forty thousand dollars. Is two hundred and eighty three. She has some growth, not the same as the others because it's not a lot of time. And at age sixty nine, when she decides to withdraw money, she's withdrawing thirty one thousand four hundred and sixty seven. And if she does that to age one hundred, that equals to nine hundred and seventy five thousand four hundred and seventy seven dollars. And if she doesn't take anything from this account, not for retirement, not for anything. The legacy that she will leave behind is $1.9 million plus. This is the example of growing generational wealth. It has to be done in a way that makes sense, that protects you from every unexpected vehicle, any unexpected turns that could be thrown at you. And this kind of plan makes it doable, okay? You can do little at a time until you reach your goals, all right? And in this case... The law of relativity shows you why it's it, it matters what you're comparing. It matters if you're checking, if you're studying something at zero years old or at 18, at 25, or at age 49. All of this makes a difference. And if you still need some help, which I hope you do, you know where to find me. Okay? This is my information. Do not hesitate to reach out. I know this was a lot of information They're needed to give you an idea of what this money could look like if you begin to contribute on a regular basis, the earlier, the better, the bigger the harvest is gonna be at the end. So I know I went a little bit ahead. I went about four minutes more than I usually do, but I needed to explain this a little bit so that you get the whole gist of what we were doing. Do not hesitate. I'm not sure if there were any questions at all coming at me during this session to see if there was any question. Let me take a look right now. I do not see any questions. So call me, reach out to me, send me an email. If you have questions, I'm open to get them directly. But this is one way to build generational wealth for you, for your families, for generations to come and doing it tax free. Thank you again. Next week, we're going to be discussing the PSG model, which is how the game is really played, all the different things that you have to know about this game. It doesn't stop here. This is just the taste, okay? So I hope to see you next week at the same bad time, same bad channel. Take Be well, be safe, and see you then. Thank you, everyone.